This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're taking a look back at the Bournemouth game at the weekend, looking ahead to the Wickham game, talking team news and a few other topics that have come up recently. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me is Dave Seddon. We'll be talking all things PE and a bit more as per usual. Dave, we're getting towards a bit more normality now. We've had obviously loads of things going on, but this time, <laughs> I don't know how many times we've said it. Mm. This time, we're gonna we're gonna crack on, aren't we? And podcast is here to to stay this time. Well, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, a few things have got in the way, but yeah, um, yeah we're getting there. So yeah, hopefully you'll be hearing our uh, us two droning away. Maybe <laughs> one or two special guests every yes. now and then. You know, hopefully on a, on a weekly basis or so. Yeah, we're at a very cold LEP towers this morning, aren't we? I know. Yeah, I don't I don't know uh, what's happened to the heating. You know, with. Uh, um, it's it's a bit arctic, isn't it? Yeah. There's a polar bear over there, Tommy. <laughs> and our special guest of uh, Charlie is not with us at the moment, though yeah. he might still make an appearance uh, later down the line. But I think we'll just get straight into it, shall we? Bournemouth at the weekend, one-one. Mm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't pretty uh, to start with, but it, it got better. I mean, I, I I got to the end of the first half and I was sat there thinking. Oh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> this could be a long afternoon. They just didn't just didn't get going, really, did they, Northern? To start with, no. It was the old. It was a classic football cliche: a game yeah. of two halves. Brian, as they used to say to the commentator, you know, yeah. um, first half. I, I think I used the word timid. Mm. I thought North End looked really timid, almost almost passive. Bit too much respect. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did put that one to Alex Neal in the post-match press conference, who sort of agreed, and he actually used the word fear. Mm. There was a little bit of fear in him, not intentionally. He was at pains to put out that North End had sat too deep against tactical orders. You know, he hadn't intended to play that way. But you could see the defence had dropped off five or six yards further back than where he should have been, probably ten yards further back. There was a disconnect. There was, you know, the midfield was isolated, um, that, covering a lot of ground they went up front Chad Evans and mm. was just totally totally isolated in that first half <laughs> poor guy the poor lad was just sort of <laughs> covering a third of the pitch on his own really do you think that dropping back though can happen a bit naturally when there's so much chopping and changing with the defence I think it's probably a bit safer a bit easier for them just to drop off and just let things play in front of them I, we mentioned it briefly before we started recording but for someone like Hunts to come in who doesn't have the pace and prefers just to you know breeze block it back the other way mm-hmm. he probably will naturally try and drop off. and he's probably the leader in that defence at the time as well he's probably just going to drop off and let, let things 
kind of happen in front of him, it's probably just a, a product of kind of what's been going on. That does not an excuse, but mm, yeah. that might be one reason. Yeah, I, I that chopping and changing, I think how many different you know defensive partnerships have had in the last you know month or so. You know, sometimes I've played five at the back, three at the back, sometimes a four at the back. All the combinations have been changing when you think about it. They had mm. Andrew Hughes in, in, you know, playing left-sided centre-half for the last two or three games. Obviously, he missed this one with an injury. Yep. They brought Hunts in alongside Jordan Story. Jordan Story got bumped out to the left side of the, you know, the two centre-halves. Yep. They're both right-footed. And, you know, probably just a bit of natural caution slipped into the game. You know, like defenders want to defend. They're seeing a slick-moving Bournemouth side in front of them. They obviously don't want them to get caught behind, and so mm. there's a natural tendency to drop back. And uh, you know, whatever shouted at him from the touchline, <laughs> you know, sometimes he doesn't get a go. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> but sometimes it, it's hard. To, how many managers have seen it so many times in so many games? Not not just North End games, but other games. Mm. You've sort of you've seen a manager yelling on the you know the on the touchline. You're too deep. You know, yeah. push out, push out. And they still don't, or you see yeah. players on the pitch, lads were too deep. Yeah. Let's get up a little bit. But there's sometimes that sort of natural hesitant hesitancy to do that. You yeah. Know? And I and I think that's that's was North End's problem in the first half. It just seemed like a matter of time, really, didn't it? I mean, yeah. they couldn't really string a couple of passes together. Yeah. Bournemouth, as they generally have been for the last five or six years, were just very slick on the ball, very quick. I mean. What a rotation, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? I, I I was thinking this this morning actually. Is that when when North End played Watford, I I, tw- I remember I tweeted out saying it was cleverly Chalibur and Will Hughes. I was like, is there a better midfield in the Championship? But then you look at Pearson, Cook, Lerma, mm-hmm. and you've got Wilshire coming off the bench. Yeah, like they're a very very good side, and they're all pretty mm. handsomely paid, and and that's what PNE are up against. Yeah. That's again, it's not an excuse, but it is it is a fact. And the Bournemouth were just kind of just all over North End to be fair it just it wasn't were. it was just one way traffic it was like it really a training was. game wasn't it mm. like managers set up on the training pitch a defence versus attack scenario mm. and it was it was similar to that that's all played in North End half yep um, but as you say <laughs> y- you do look at you know let, let's not get away from it Bournemouth are in the Premier League for five years you're going to build up a good squad yep. Obviously, they did lose one or two players from you know from their Premier League days when they dropped down to the Championship both in the summer and in, in the recent window mm. but they've kept hold of quite a few of their sort of Premier League players they brought in Wiltshire on a shorter term contract yeah. they brought in Shane Long on loan that wasn't a too bad subs to bring on wasn't it Wiltshire and Long in the yeah, last quarter exactly. of an hour uh, I think uh, someone had worked out I think their, their, their 20 man squad on Saturday had been put together at a cost of about hundred and eight million or something. North Ends was about the eight million mark. Yeah, I mean yeah. their left backs they paid their yeah. left back they paid twelve million for yeah. for a start. So I mean that's mm. more than like the whole PE yeah. squad but in let's, their left back. But let's get on to the positives then. In the second half, mm. it that's you know, once North End tactically adjusted and played to how played more to their strengths they had by far the better of the second half certainly the better of the last half hour or so anyway mm. um, you know they, I thought they started the second half much better Jordan's story had a shot just over the bar 48-49 mm. minutes and it seemed to set the tone I think I think when you look at Bournemouth's chances 
you know, and, you know, they had a little flurry at the end. I think Lewis Cook had a but shot over the bar from 20, 25 yards, but that was that about it. Everson yeah. just had to keep out of his near post, which was a good save. Yeah, but apart from that, you know, it was mainly going the other way. Without, without North End creating oh, a whole sorry. host of chances, Yeah, you know, but uh, but if you just go back to the first half, mentioning Everson. Yeah, there, yeah, that's what I got um, there, yeah. Three, you know, three really good saves from him. Good one yeah, low yeah. down from uh, Lloyd Kelly early on. Yeah. Went past two North End players that, and Everson saw it late. Mm. And he got down well to his post, got a hand to it, and then yeah. jumped on the second ball. There was the one from Lerma where he dived across to his he dived across to his left and used his right hand to sort of punch it away. And then there was another deflected through to him. So, uh, uh, yeah, there was the one at the near post, wasn't there, mm. you know, where, where he did well. So... Arguably, they could have been three or four down by half time. It yeah. was only one, yeah. and when you're in one nil, you're in the game. Aren't that's you? it, and that, and I think that's something that North End have fallen victim to quite a lot, where they don't take make the chances pay, and they'll go in at half time one nil up, but should be more, should be more, and then another team can go in, they can adjust, and they can get a foothold in the game, and that's what North End did. And I think it's important at times just to make sure and. Obviously, you don't want to go in at 1-0, but just to make sure you go in at 1-0, just to make sure you're in a game, because yeah. it, it can take one moment. It could take one error from a centre-half that you're happy to play out from the back, yeah, yeah. As, uh, as Ben Pearson would, uh, in a roundabout way, mm. agree with. Um, and, you know, North End capitalise on it. I, and it, it's one of those where it's not a chance that you're going to see go in the back of the net every week, no. but you take it and you and you kind of build on it. And that's what North End did. I think a massive difference, like you say, second half, is people just got around Chet Evans a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily sticking too much because he was that isolated that a lot of players could get around him in the first half. So mm-hmm. the same amount of time it might may take in the second half for him to get a touch was the same as the first. Mm-hmm. But there was more people there to occupy other defenders, and yeah. as soon as you start getting around him, he just creates a lot of space. Right? And I, I remember the transfer episode that we did, and we were like, "D, just don't see where it's. I just don't see the benefit no, of no, it." And, it and, and we're all eating our words at the moment. Yeah, pretty much I, I'll every admit North that. End fan of, I'll, some not to be fair, some some North End fans called it as it was. I, they thought it was a good sign at the time. Yeah. I didn't more on his for the you know for the baggage, but yeah. you know I thought well, striker coming from League League One, but. Fair yeah. enough. I think Evans has really stepped up, and he, he, he you know, after a, you know, a, f- a slow first couple of games, I mm. think he's been excellent this last month. Especially as well, given that strikers in this system don't really score that much, and yeah. he is he is chipping in with a couple. To be fair, in yeah. recent weeks, three so you, goals. Yeah, so yeah, far, yeah. You can't you can't knock that, I suppose. And like we said before, the poor guy puts in a shift, doesn't he? Especially yeah. when he's up there <laughs> on his own. Yeah, but I just thought, yeah, you see, you saw him coming into the game during the second half with a lot more support around him. It was him, he put a flicked header through for Barkays and to sort mm. of go bursting through. Um, you know, a defender got across to block his shot. And then, was the, you know, Evans himself got on the end of a, b- a good ball from Ben Whiteman, a good diagonal ball mm. over the top. Um, and one of the Bournemouth players stood across and got a vital touch to take it over the top. Mm. And that was just sort of Steve built... Cook. Yeah, it was about the hour mark that. It was starting to build to what you could see then. North End was starting to build a little bit more, more involved in the game. The two substitutions now, Alex Neal at times does get criticised for Mm. his use of substitutes or his non-use of substitutes or his late use of substitutes. He brought Maguire and Gordon on at decent time, a decent time to give them time to work themselves into the game and make an impact. impact. Um, I thought Maguire was very good on, on, on his link play. 
people criticise him for his lack of goals or not getting in the box, no, but I thought his work rate was excellent. I thought mm. Gordon brought him a different dynamic <clears throat> down yeah. the left-hand side without necessarily... Um, you know, creating too many chances from it, but I just thought yeah. he he created another threat that Bournemouth had to be aware of. I think they dovetailed really well because I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. players gravitated towards Maguire because they know him so well. Yeah. DJ Brownie, they seem to link up and seem to kind of occupy that right wing with Maguire quite mm-hmm. a lot. Whereas then that left. Gordon with a fair bit of space to work in yeah. and he plays kind of by himself yeah. so you can give him the ball with, uh, with no one around him mm-hmm. and it gives him the room to check in because he, he checked inside two players and got fouled by Ben Pearson at one point but mm-hmm. if he runs inside into that space yeah. and a midfielder or DJ is there it's not possible mm-hmm. but because they're over there linking up with Sean Maguire it then allows him that space and I feel like it actually worked really well they seem to even though they're on complete opposite ends of the field mm-hmm. and they weren't getting involved with each other directly I felt like they both kind of linked up really well in a, yeah. in a roundabout way there was a better presence up there as well mm. you know just just diff- a different totally different dynamic and mm. it worked nicely and then we got DJ's goal what 20 minutes from the end and uh, it was a typical DJ finish yeah. I thought it was um, it was Cook Steve Cook the Bournemouth skipper <laughs> out on the wing now uh, we're having a chuckle to ourselves here, aren't we? Just as the lights go off in the office, but yeah, um, yeah we were having a chuckle about ourselves down in the corresponding, the you know, the reverse fixture down at Bournemouth before Christmas. Um, ben Pearson, then in an offensive, <laughs> was rather unflattering about Steve Cook's ability. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And he shouted it rather loudly on the pitch about <laughs> let him have it yeah. for for a particular reason. Anyway, yeah. make your own minds up on that. What happened was Steve Cook, who's been at Bournemouth for like years and years, yeah. got the ball down that left channel, didn't he? It was just mm. a channel ball from Alan Brown, I think, down yeah. north end right. Bit of pressure from Chad Evans chasing yeah. a dead, a dead, dead end. Yeah, really. Cook, Cook sort of turned in. You know, he he had the ball sort of. He should have just cleared it with his left foot, but for some reason he, he got it on his right and tried to play it in field. DJ intercepted it, mm. and then DJ did what we've seen DJ do a number of times sort of moved towards the box and it's that sort of low side stroked it yeah Yeah, stroke he doesn't blast it does he he doesn't stick it in the top corner yeah a lot of the time it is a sort of low curl just a bit of bend enough bend on it to take it into the far bottom corner a couple of bounces just to yeah just to let it skim along and we've seen we've seen that since he first arrived in league Mm. one you know when he he scored eight goals in that first Mm. half season when north end got promoted and I think he scored four on the bounce at one point. Yeah, and pretty like, much his first four games, I think. Yeah, was, a lot, a lot of left foot sort of sweeping shots yeah, like that, yeah. you know. So and we've seen it time and time again since then. Yeah. And it was a nice finish. You yeah, know, I thought yeah. Um, he scored a similar one to that uh, against uh, Birmingham as well. Didn't yeah, he? those kind of those yeah. kind of just curling efforts. Alex Neal alluded to that one. Even the, quite recently, Coventry at home over Christmas, bit of a different, more in the box mm. side of the box job, and he slipped as he hit it. But again. Yeah. guiding it round the keeper into the far corner. So yeah. give DJ that chance. He, he does tend to score him like that. Yeah, nice to see him get get back in the goals as well. Mm. A lot of his goals obviously come from, from penalties, mm. although last season he was chipping in a, a bit more mm. in, in open play. But if he can get going again in that number 10, because he's been a bit absent from that role in, in recent yeah. weeks, if he can get going again, I think North End are a better side with him playing well in that 10 mm. rather than someone like Jason Malumbi, who is probably less 
offensively mm-hmm. effective, if that's yeah. if that's the right way to go about it. He's, yeah, I, th- I think Malumbi's a little bit better further back. Mm. I think, you know, DJ's your more your tricky ten, isn't he? Mm. And, uh, I, I, you know, we've not seen the best of DJ. DJ's not been last season's DJ so yeah. far, has he? He's, um, contract. The contract stuff, yeah. whatever they say, it must have been a distraction. Yeah. I know in the past, when we've had a bit of an issue over his contract, he's tended to go a little bit into his shell. Some yeah. players, in it, you know, some players in that situation, they just take it in the stride and get on with they it. They can park it, can't they? Yeah, some yeah. don't. Some can get distracted by it. And, yeah. you know, he's he's not at the heights. He's not, he's had, in, he's had an injury earlier in the season. He's not, pl- you know, you know, not had that consistent run like he did last season. But, y- you know, you hope that this goal... Might might just sort of kick him on that little mm. bit, you know. He'd been on the bench last two or three games, hadn't yeah. he? Well, Which was a recall for him. <laughs> Brad Potts had Brad asked Potts. to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting so. uh, scenario. That wasn't he. Basically, he'd asked Alex Neal if he could get a, mm. a run in the ten, and Alex yeah. Neal obliged. Which I think shows mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic in the squad, really. Doesn't it, it is. Yeah. So you know, Brad, I think I think Brad Potts feels his best position is at number ten, mm-hmm. um, and Alex Neal thinks it is as well. But he had other players to play there ahead of him. DJ yeah. Alan Brown. For example, you could put even put McGuire in there, couldn't you? If yeah. Needs be. Um, a lot of players want to play that number ten. It's it's really getting a popular role, yeah, isn't it? Is isn't it? A sort of a second striker almost. When when you know a few years ago, if teams were sort of playing a sort of four four one one system, you know, like the the number ten was a second striker behind mm. the number nine, you know, but that now yeah, number ten role. I want to be a number ten now yeah. and. Uh, um, but no, it seems to be a popular position. But you know, D, you know, DJ played it Saturday, and I thought I thought he did okay, wasn't it? Yeah, still wasn't. I, th- I still thought he was quiet at times. Yeah, you know, he were he wasn't absolutely top draw. But you know, when when you can accept a quieter game when you can just burst into life and score a goal like that. Really. Yeah, and it's I think it's interesting to try and figure out. At times, I think it's probably quite simple at the moment, given the way DJ ended up getting into the game. But what North End's best kind of midfield three would be, if you mm. include the ten and, and the, yeah. the two sitting midfielders, because obviously, I mean, Ben Whiteman's probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the yeah. moment. He's mm-hmm. just settled in like he's been here for years. Mm. Um, and then you've probably got Alan Brown as well, who's been able to get back into that midfield after a, a long stint at right I th- back. I, I think midfield is actually it's it's it is without doubt the most populated area mm. of the squad. Mm. But I think it's it's getting a bit of a, a problem area with who you're trying to fit into yeah. it and who you don't. And the balance. Then getting the balance right. As you say, Ben Whiteman, I think, has established himself as a sitter. Yep. Uh, who, who's got, he has got a terrific range of passing when he gets on it. He, don't, don't compare him to Ben Pearson. He's not a tackler. I think he can tackle, yeah. but he's not going to play... In that way, mm-hmm. then you've got Ryan Ledson who's been out since the Blackburn. You know, he played the Blackburn game and hasn't played since. Yeah, um, he's more. I don't know. They were trying to move him away from being a, a, a Pearson understudy. Yeah, but I think now, I think they've missed that sort of tenacity. It, tenacity in some of the games. I yeah. think you could have done with Ledson down at Millwall on uh, on went last Wednesday Absolutely. night. Yeah, uh, there's some games you haven't done, but if you think you're fitting Whiteman in now. You're going to have to fit Ledson in at some point. Yep. God knows where we are with his fitness. Every time we ask at a press conference, we'll see how he is. You mm. know. So, and I think it was a contact injury. So mm. it's not as if he's a troublesome hamstring or something and like he that. Finished. He, 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 he finished it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he got. It, it mm. wasn't that it was. It, 
it happened and he had to come off. He seemed to battle through it because he, I mean, he, he, he left a, a reducer on Tyree's dolphin. <laughs> he, he? He, he probably got it then, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. But, but, but as I say, we're going back to it now. We've got Whiteman to fit in. Yeah. You've got Ledson to fit in. Yep. Alan Brown was moved to right back to accommodate, accommodate it. Yeah. He's been moved back in now to give the midfield in Ledson's absence maybe a little bit more Nelson experience. Yeah, a bit and more set, toughness. And set Vandenberg, Vandenberg has been able to come in and adapt at right back so well. I think we'll move on to him later because mm. I think he's he's looked really good in the last few games. Yeah. So that's you got those in the midfield. Then you've got DJ further up. Then you've got Midlumby, who probably is more of an eight rather than yeah. a ten, not a six. Yeah. But what the issue with him is he's on loan now mm. from Brighton. Now, the, the hint from Neil is that he would have liked to buy him, if mm. possible, and he might like to buy him in the summer. Now, does he get in games? Malumbi's not wanting to come mm. in the summer if he's not he's been not. getting games during his loan spell. Yep. Uh, so it, it, how, that's another dynamic. Then you've got DJ in there. Then you've got Tom Bayliss, who just sits on the bench and hasn't been in. You've got Gallagher, who's Gallagher, been back yeah. in, you know, who's been... Had a couple of substitute runs, you know, he, he came in at Cardiff, didn't he? And, mm-hmm. you know, was going to change the game, hopefully, but missed mm. his penalty, whatnot. But he added, yeah. he added another dynamic to the, bright, yeah. to the game, you know. So you've probably got six midfielders there competing for three places. Now, competition's good, but the dynamic is, is, is just a, a bit worrying. Where, where are they going to fit Malumbi in if they, if they want to try and persuade him to sign in the summer? Mm-hmm. You know, where are they going to fit? You know, and he's shown in the past that he's yeah. not. He's like, I mean, with obviously slightly different with Ben Pearson, but with Ben Pearson, he went right down the pecking order when he realised he wasn't going to be here next season, and yeah. other people started getting in ahead of him. So, mm. if, for example, he gets a sense that Jason Mullumby might not be here next season, that might affect yeah. the way he approaches things. Mm. But again, like you say, mm. it's a double-edged sword in a way because you're either giving minutes to a guy who won't be here next season, yeah. or you know, you don't give him minutes and mm. then you've no chance of getting him here yeah. next season. So it's like, you know, yeah. w- w- which way do you go about it? But at the same time, the way North End are at the moment, mm. they need to win games now. Yeah, oh, they know, do, yeah. They, especially even in, in recent weeks, they've been talking, not getting dragged into a relegation mm. fight and all that sort of stuff. I still think they won't be I don't think anywhere they near but, it. But let's get to 50 points. Yeah. You know, people keep talking about 53. Yeah, it's usually about 50 nowadays, isn't it? Let's get there first as quick as possible, yep. and then enjoy the you know the rest of the season. Play with with the shackles off to get dragged into a relegation fight at this stage of the season from 13th was a bit unusual. Mm. Would be unusual. I know they say there's always a team that drops, but you've often find that team has now already started that drop yep. as opposed to now. North End are inconsistent, yeah, but there's all, there's draws, but they're there's consistently wins. inconsistent, consistent. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they've done it all season. They don't, you know, like thankfully at the moment there's no sort of run of four defeats on the bounce. Yeah. So there's not a run of four wins either. But twelve points clear as well. Twelve points clear of uh, yeah, is Rotherham. It tw- twelve of Rotherham and then thirteen behind the playoffs, isn't it? Is it? Something uh, like I'll, that? I'll, I'll something, check. I'll check. I'll yeah. check. Uh, Fifty-four. Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Did me maths. Yeah. Yeah. Now Rotherham have got games in hand. They do. They're but at least two. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on know, where you're looking. They're on and another. No, on, on North End, they have three. Yeah. Rotherham are on yet another COVID shutdown at the yeah. moment, aren't they? Um, now you think the teams who are going to be looking over the shoulders are going to be more the ones round that bottom group, Birmingham. Yeah. Just that little Coventry, team Derby, Huddersfield. Yeah. Why you don't want any sense of sort of complacency to slip in with North End. They'd have to go on an absolutely disastrous run to get dragged down there, you know. Yeah. Ro- Rotherham's sort of 
wanted to get out of that bottom three, they'd be targeting Birmingham, teams like that, you know, that 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 yeah. sort of three or four teams above them. That's where North End are in that cluster of clubs now, aren't they? That mid table, Blackburn, Luton, Bristol City, QPR, around that, yeah. you know, little little uh, you know, competition there, you know, like Bristol City are probably very much like North End, mm. have yeah. designs you know, with a bigger budget, but have the designs on the top six, and it's not quite happened for no. them. They're an inconsistent side, aren't they? See, te- Bristol City tend to go on runs of like three or four wins, and then yeah. have an absolutely disastrous sort of uh, month. Yeah. yeah, North yeah. End and Bristol City came up together from League One, didn't they? Mm. And I yeah. think they've, they've mirrored each other quite a lot. I think there was one season actually, Bristol. You know, they only saved themselves last couple of games, didn't they? And North End had a, a fairly decent finish, but. Mm generally we're about the same you know yeah. roughly around the same aren't we see if North End hit this 50 points then say they do it in, in decent time mm. do are you then happy so the six points off now so say they do it in the next two weeks mm. uh, that gives them nine games left to go in the season mm. have you have we as a collective people following PNE mm. given up on the playoffs this season happy to see Bayless come in for minutes see different mm. combinations and, and test with next season in mind and if yeah. that is the case there probably needs to be good communication from Alex Neal and the club on that point just to say look we know there's going to be some bad results here and there there's going to be a bit it's going to be a bit disjointed at times but we're building for next season now mm-hmm. and you know, there's a reason behind this. I think if they got to the 50 points, say in the next, you know, four or five games, or whatever, mm-hmm. which you should do, mm-hmm. then have a look at how far the playoffs are away. Yep. Now, what is it 13 at the moment? Yep. And it, Barnsley are sixth. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely flying. flying. You think Bournemouth <laughs> are hanging in there. For Bournemouth a, the seventh, Cardiff eighth. Yeah, again, for a side to go flying up from 13 through to six, mm-hmm. usually you've started that run by now, a little yep. bit earlier. And yeah, the way North End have been this season, consistently inconsistent, yep. you know, the likelihood of that ground being made up is unlikely. So, yeah, have a look for next season. As you say, good communication. Look, we'd like to have a look at one or two different combinations. You don't want it where you're going chucking in matches, you know, where, mm. oh, we're totally experiment and lose, you know, get absolutely hammered somewhere. You don't want that. Yeah. You know, maybe a look at one or two different combinations. To be, to, fair to, him, to be fair to him at the back... He's having mm. to look at all kinds of uh, yeah. defensive formations at the moment. But, yeah. you know, a, a good one, though, I think, you know, a good experiment has been set Vandenberg at, at right back. Yeah. Um, the lad played a little bit of his football, you know, at junior level in Holland as a right back. But he was, a, you know, he got his first team, team debut over there as a centre-back. He'd come to Liverpool as a centre-back. Um, he, he got his debut at, as a sub against Rotherham as a centre-back he came on for Paul Huntington and he played at centre-half mm-hmm. but then they've moved him out for right-back for the last sort of four games and just looks like calm out yeah. there, doesn't he? Just looks absolutely I think there's, there's some I think going forward at times there's one or two times where you think he doesn't look a natural right-back mm-hmm. you know people want a right-back now to be very dynamic, almost like a winger. He's not quite got that in the final third. Yep. But i tell you one thing, he gets himself up there. He's got yeah. a good turn of pace yep. uh, without being an absolute sprinter. Yeah. I just think he reads the game well. And, you know, he's a defender. Mm. He'll, he'll, he'll put it out of play if he needs to. Mm. He'll bank, you know. He'll, and he's you know, tall, so you can't take advantage out there no. and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, there was... There's one little fault of him against Millwall for their first goal. He backed off and backed off. Mm. But 
it seemed to be that was the sort of tactical thing for the night where yeah. they didn't want to leave any space behind. Let him leave, play in front. Leave the space, but they, let, they did let him play in front a little bit yeah. too much, didn't they? You yeah. know, there is a time and a place where, well, you do have to commit at some point. Yeah. But other than that, I think he, he's done very well there. And I think it's that kind of experiment you might want to look at. He might, mm. you know, if they do have enough points on the bag, they might want to look at Vandenberg. In the set back yeah. in the centre half position because he looks very likely for next season. He does, he? yeah. There, we've never had this confirmed properly, but yeah. there was um, there was a suggestion in Liverpool that if he played a certain amount of times this season, North End would have first pick on him for next season. Yep. Now he's he, he's only nineteen. He had he'd only played four or five games for mm. Liverpool in the cup competitions. You, you looked at it, you thought, well. He's only a young lad. Liverpool dictating a little bit here. You mm. know, they're just taking Ben Davis. You know, can they dictate on one of their players? That Not sure much? why they took Ben Davis. Know, neither, can, really that's another matter, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you wondered. You you wondered if you were getting a bit of a, a bit, you know, an inexperienced green lad here. Mm. But I tell you one thing, he's looked anything but. Yeah. I mean, he, he'd be certainly one high on the shopping list to bring back next season. Yeah. I think, I think if you compare him to someone like Lucas Nemetra, who came for kind of his first loan. Mm. He was, I think, very raw and yeah. very rough around the edges. I, I think with Lucas Metcher, we saw probably three full games of him, yeah. of what he was mm-hmm. capable of. Yeah. Half a game at, at Villa. Mm-hmm. Then I think it was Wigan at home just after where he won the penalty. And he was unplayable. Mm-hmm. But then for a lot of the time, it was just using his pace to kind of go out, go outside. And, and it just yeah. looked like a lot of hard work. Whereas with Van den Berg, he seems to have come in and just settled. And just yeah. he seems to be at this level and, and be at men's football I know he came into the he, into professional football at 16 so he's had a bit more time to get used to it things like that but he just does seem to kind of be ready yeah which is which mm-hmm. is nice yeah a different different position obviously when mm. you it's hard to compare certain players isn't it but mm. sometimes it can be your mentality your maturity yeah he's uh yeah you know Vandenberg's obviously had to grow he's, he's come from Holland he's come to a new country and he's had to adapt very quickly on his own if you think Nemetia was here I think he he came to England when he was seven or eight or something yeah, so yeah. before he before he hit the city ranks you know he, he'd lived yeah. in Manchester for a long time with his parents you know but a, a lad signed as a teenager from Holland to come over here he, he probably had to mature quite a bit off the pitch as well which yep. might help and he'll probably keep his place for Wickham you'd think so oh, yeah I'd, I'd hope so yeah segueing nicely yeah, so, yeah. into, uh, into Wickham away Wickham yeah. away on, on Saturday I'll tell you one thing Tom Wickham are bottom but let's not read too much into that mm. they absolutely turned North End over in the FA Cup oh. Uh, that was a lot of people's opportunities that wasn't taken, including yeah. Andrew Hughes and Jordan Story, who have well, been doing all right recently. Exactly, yeah. You didn't think they'd end up back as a partnership yeah. after that day, but North End was shocking down at Wickham. You know, yeah. 9th of January, was it? Yeah. So we were less than two months ago. Now, fair enough, it was a much-changed side then. Mm. Um, but 3-0 down, was it, by half-time? Before, by about yeah. a half-hour mark, but wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very quickly. Reece got Emil Reece scored a penalty, didn't he, just yeah. before half-time, and Wickham got a second. But no, no thing got an absolute tubbing down there. So, yeah. one, you know, you go for revenge anyway, you know, but it's not a revenge. They're going for three points. You have to get three points. That's what, you yeah. know, that, that's the job. And given in the league this season, it finished... 2-2 as well mm-hmm. so you know and, and this is this is something that seems quite typical with North End over the years is that those teams in the top six North End team to do alright points wise take a few decent yeah. points but if those, it's those bottom six that North End seem to struggle against and mm-hmm. if you come away from this season mm-hmm. having only taken say they lose at the weekend worst mm-hmm. case scenario come, take one point from who's 
going to finish bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you've got to be doing better if you want to be in the playoffs. These are the, and are. that's still the aim. These are the teams you've got to be beating. And, and you know, the performances against Wickham this season haven't been good enough. You know what Wickham are going to bring. They've got Ik Piazzu up front or Akin Fenwa. They're going to try and, and bully you up there. Yeah. You know, they've got Onyedima who provides a bit of a bit of class down the wings and beats him and, and tries to create stuff. The Joe Jacobson on, on set pieces, as we saw in the yeah. 2-2, where he hit the mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of their top scorers with, I think, three. I think mm-hmm. um, they've got top scorers on four, and then there's Jacobson and Nick Piazzu on, on three, and uh, Kashkit, sorry, is on, on four. And so you kind of know what to expect with Wickham. Yeah. I just don't think North End have dealt with it at yeah, all really so far you just go back to the bottom three there when you look at the clubs there yeah Wickham got a two-all draw here and beat us in the FA Cup mm-hmm. Chef Wednesday it was a, a, a win at home and a defeat away mm-hmm. and then Rotherham have done the double on North End haven't <laughs> yeah. they you know which which isn't great but um, no but no you know exactly what you're going to get at Wickham and it's up North End have to be able to go and handle that you yeah. know you, if you want to be taken you know as a side yeah, we're not looking out of our shoulders at the bottom. At the bottom, but we're looking more upwards. Mm. You know, might not get to the top six, but you know that's where you got to be looking. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go to the bottom side, and you gotta, you gotta mm. be prepared to match them, and you gotta be prepared to sort of, uh, you know, ride it out and you know bring three points on. It seems that North End kind of go to the opposition's level in a way, with the greatest respect to to Wickham and those sides down there. It seems to be that when the when the big boys come to town, they raise the game and they're yeah. right up and at it. But when these these teams nearer the bottom come in, they kind of get dragged into their kind of game. It gets scrappy, it gets a bit a bit messy, yeah. it gets a bit disjointed and it ends up just being a, a long yeah. slog. And when North End are a side that don't take the chances particularly well as it is, mm-hmm. these sides are kind of, their bread and butter is, we might get one chance but we'll take it and we'll try and get a point from it. Whereas North End, especially at the moment, need a couple. Mm-hmm. And they don't get afforded that in those kind of games, no. do they? They need to. It's the old earn the right to play to start with. Mm-hmm. But I think they just need to concentrate on themselves on this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know what's coming from Wickham. Handle that threat, but then you know, try and try and get the ball down. Try and play. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, let's impose ourselves on on Wickham rather than vice versa, rather than let that, let them dictate it. Yeah. So the, the the home game. Uh, in December, Ben Pearson's last for North End, wasn't it? He, mm. he came off with an ankle injury and we never saw him again. Yeah, but a on the edge of the box, weren't yeah. it? The pitch kind of gave way. Yeah, but um, they, they started that one well. Tom Barcazen gave him the lead, yeah. headed over headed. the keeper, yeah. Um, chased the ball into the box, headed it over the keeper. 1-0 up against a struggling side at home. Should have been game on, you know. Like, yeah. Let's go and get two or three more. Yeah, exactly. That's As it was, you know, Wickham got themselves two, two, one in front, and it needed an own goal late on yeah. to drag, drag us back. Yeah. So, so only five draws this season. So, yeah, you know, yeah. That was one of them. Yeah. Two, two all draws, two nil nils, and a one all. So. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, and uh, that's something that obviously not against Wickham, but in general, mm. kind of needs to happen a bit more. Not the Millwall, yeah. the Millwall situation. Yeah. You know, just to come away with something, there's. There's 10 games this season where North End have lost by a single goal. Mm. And that, that makes a huge difference oh, on the season. Yeah. And it takes mm. so many points away from those. Above them, I wrote in the paper um, last week about it. Whereas if the, if you put 10 points onto PNE's total with those, um, you're not going to draw them all, obviously. But mm-hmm. if you do put 10 points on, and one of those games was against Cardiff, who won by a goal, mm-hmm. you know, North End are right up there because you're taking points off yeah. other people around you as well. And, and just to be at a keep yourself in the game we we spoke about it before that 
to to go in against uh, I think this was before recording to go in um, half time against Bournemouth one nil mm-hmm. they get absolutely battered mm-hmm. but stayed still in the game, in the game yeah. you know and then a second half performance gets you a point gets you something from the game and it's moments like that where say we can start like a house on fire like they did last time mm-hmm. if you're able to just kind of contain and make sure you stay in the game and then let either your fitness or your class show at some point mm-hmm. you know you've got a chance and that's that's what the teams up there will do. Yeah. And North End need to kind of learn, relearn that side because they did have it in them at one point. Yeah. Well, I think you, you say there 10, 10 times where they've lost by a single goal. Yep. Well, just just think four of them mm-hmm. did manage to get something out of the game. Four more points, you know, could have made it up a lot more interesting, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You're then within, what, like a couple of wins from the playoffs. Yeah. And, and You're still in it, aren't you? Really? Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you kind of feel like there's a little bit more chance of going on that run because like you like you were saying earlier it's that it's going to take some monumental effort and some monumental run to make it in there yeah. at this point and that will affect the belief of the players because they know it, it mm. especially in this league and especially this season it's just not really that possible no, it's, no. It, especially you know it's not like they're going to have the fans back behind them every week just mm. building and building and building and building and I think we'll come on to the topic of, of um, fans being away because it having been a year recently mm-hmm. um but it's it's a lot more difficult to put these runs together and that's why just hanging in there yeah. and, and taking a result mm-hmm. will be important or just hanging in the game long enough but as you say again i think against wickham you've got to impose your style you've got to wickham will let north end have the ball mm-hmm. so people yeah. someone like ben whiteman is going to be very important alan brown's able to dictate and, and drive past people and use his energy things like that maybe anthony gordon to try and commit men and, and get some form of overload because they're going to be defending deep and they're going to be trying to frustrate it's, it's an interesting mm-hmm. interesting prospect there's like I said before there's just so many options but it's yeah. getting that balance right on the day I suppose isn't it really yeah, it is I just hope it's warmer at Wickham this time than it was <laughs> in the FA Cup I tell you that I, was, I tell you Tom it's hard, hard to get across how cold <laughs> Adams Park was in January yeah. it was absolutely bitter it was like uh, you know I think even if it gets to about five or six degrees this time it'd be, it'd be like, <laughs> t-shirt and shorts yeah I mean, it really would be yeah yeah but uh, no but yeah do you know the back you know what's happening you know what's coming at Wickham mm-hmm. it's Gareth Ainsworth again yeah big North End favourite still yeah. um, always talks well of the club doesn't he he does he does um you know, a lot, a lot of North End fans. A lot of North End yeah. fans talk well of him. You know, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of people's yeah. tip for uh, a replacement for Alex Neal at times yeah. as well. If, yeah. if if that was to if that's happened, a lot of people look towards look towards him. Although I think his style probably wouldn't. Yeah, it depends. With, with, with style is he is he is that his style because of what yeah. the budget he's working with? Look, yeah. I've got these players to play in a certain way. Yeah. That suits this club. You know, could he go to somewhere else and, and work in a different Change way? You, yeah, don't, yeah. you don't know, but. Um, that's that's not a debate at the moment. Mm. So, should we get on to the fans then? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Twelve, just over twelve months now since we were. I'll say we because mm-hmm. I don't really go to the games no. anymore. Mm-hmm. We were last able to um, attend a PNE game. Yeah, and you know, and having obviously recently covered for you and, and gone to a few games, I just you know the 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 thing for me is like the overriding thought and I know I'm in a very charmed position and I'm very lucky to go and all this sort of stuff. It was just that this just isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's, it's just not, not it's no. just not as and not not that people I'm not here to say like, oh, don't worry, you're not missing out because to go to a game is better than not going to a game. But y- there's so much of 
a football match that is missing without fans, without an atmosphere, without, you know, just even be at a, to a point, just have normal conversations with people yeah. because you're so mm-hmm. kind of far away and things like that. It's just such a an alien sort of concept, alien product, if you want to call it that at the moment, isn't it? It is soulless. When yeah. you think, you know, professional football's played in... A, a venue where it's surrounded by thousands and thousands mm. of seats for one reason. Some yeah. people can come and watch it. You know, unfortunately, recently, you know, sport and things in general, it's had to be a sort of television audience. You know, it's a te- at the moment, it, 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 football's a television programme. It's horrible. The joys of the red button and I follow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, you know, ev- every game in the Premier League on, on you know, covered in some way, whether it be Prime, whether it be mm. Sky, BT or whatever. Just the moment we can get back to getting fans in the stadium and bit of normality that way, it mm. can't come soon enough. You know, football needs its fans. Football's not there. At the moment... Football is being played for a purpose mm. of fulfilling contracts, yep. of keeping clubs in business, of you know keeping TV the, deals, keeping TV deals, yep. keeping sponsorship there. It is a means to an end. The, you know the end of last, you know last season had to finish for that reason. Yep. Um, this season again, w- w- it's a means to an end. You know, um, it's just it is soulless, but yep. it, it's a necessity to carry on playing, but. I don't think the players are getting as much enjoyment from it, and that's mm-hmm. not just at you know Preston. You know, let's talk about football all over. You know, every country mm-hmm. where where fans aren't allowed, and you know the staff don't enjoy it as much. You know, the, for fans, it's not an enjoyable, mm. not as enjoyable watching a game on TV. I've I've watched a couple on TV recently when you've covered the games. I've had to stay at home. I had a family bereavement, so. I didn't, you know, wasn't in the mindset to go to a game. But watching it on TV, it's just not the same. Watching your club yep. on telly, it's sort of, well, you know, it's it's one of those things. When when we were going to the matches on a Saturday, it was great. On a Sunday, I'll put the live game on, mm. and you know that that was a, you know, an ad, an extra experience. That was a bit of entertainment. But at the moment, this is just like the norm, and like you, I, I don't think you see the game as well on telly as you do when you're yeah. sat in the ground. Obviously, you got. You're not on the red button, but you get multiple replays if it's if it's on iFollow, if it's on Sky or whatever. You got all that, that's all very nice. Oh mm. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was probably a foul or something. I could see that because they've just shown it five times. But nothing beats being sat there in the mm. stadium, seeing it with your own eyes, with an atmosphere. And you miss. I think there's a lot that you miss, kind of away from the camera. If it's yeah. not in camera shot, you're not seeing it. No, so you for don't, example, you don't. if a player, you might not know that players run mm. 60 to 70 yards to get back and, and miss a tackle, for example. Yeah. You, all you might see is he runs 10 yards from the start of the camera shot to the end and misses a tackle and you're like oh that's you know yeah. that's lazy that that's rubbish all this sort of stuff but you don't see the 70 yard long busting no. run he's made to get back into that position in the first place and mm-hmm. that's obviously not going to happen every single time but it's moments like that that you don't see things like you know Ben Whiteman having a go at someone and showing his, his leadership or yeah. things like that, that that do happen in the game mm-hmm. that you miss because it's just not on camera yeah. and I think ma- like I know it, it. It's definitely the case for with me is that it's it's easier to kind of disconnect from the game. Mm. It's easier to like if North End lose, and you know I'll, I'll be watching along on iFollow. I can't close it quick enough. I can't turn it off and stop listening to mm. the to the canned fan noise or the the commentary or whatever. I can't close it quick enough and just like right, that's done. Yeah. Let me let me get on with the work of the post match sort of stuff and 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 it's. 
I think there is a greater disconnect, and it, it's obvious because fans aren't there, but mm. the, the disconnect, I think, could also be a little bit dangerous in a way that it, it's very hard to kind of recover from yeah. a year of not being able to be there, a year of not being a part of things, and a year of not kind of, you know... I'm sure people will be discovering a lot more time than they had in the past, yeah. or a lot, maybe a bit more money, and then people have got different decisions. I, th- I think, there's I think a lot that, to it, isn't that's it? That's a case, yeah. With the money, you know, the money side of it, you're going to save. The, the the only saving grace is we've not been able to do a lot to mm. replace football. It's not it's not as if well, I'm not going to the football today. I'll go to the pub. Yeah. Not been able to do that. Or spend money on something else. Gone to another sport. Not been able to do that. You know. So on on that that count, maybe not as much of a problem. Mm. But as you say, I, I I think looking at football at the moment, I think defeats are uh, felt harder. Looking at it like yeah, you know, at the moment defeats are, are felt harder when when you're not at the ground. I think there's a lot more focus goes on if North End get beat and any team gets beat. The reaction is a lot more, even more negative to how it was. Mm. And then I don't think victories are celebrated. They're almost taking as red. Well, we should be winning anyway, and yeah. so it's gone to an extreme on defeats. But I don't think the wins are celebrated as much, and we're, we're, we're slipping into a, an arm an armchair mentality almost. Mm. That, oh, we need to be winning every game. You know, it's not like let's be realistic here. I think a lot of that sort of negativity that comes around it is partly just pent up frustration. Yeah, we've because not been there yeah, yet. Mm-hmm. people can't go there. The people are trapped in the house in general. Anyway, yeah. they're not being able to see family members, and for some people, it'll be that. A North End win, in general, back when they were able to go, changes the week. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who their week depends, or the following week, Sunday to Friday, hinges on yeah, yeah, hinges mm-hmm. on North End winning or not. And that not only can they not be there, they can't then affect it because they can't shout louder or do whatever. And fans can affect the game. Mm-hmm. And then you come away from it and they lose, and it's like, yep. Yeah, that's just about it you know this is the way things are going and it's very easy to kind of slip into that negative thing and then when you're not there and you don't feel kind of the emotions the same way that you used to with other fans around you and and all that sort of stuff and 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 the way the players react and the things again that you don't see that's not on camera if you're you know the the ball might be near the middle of the pitch but instead you're looking at Alex Neal to see how he's reacting to stuff like this you don't you don't just watch the ball throughout the game you're constantly looking at the environment and I think a lot of that is missing whereas it's a lot of the negativity off the back of the game still isn't. You're still going to be annoyed by the result. Yeah. You're still going to be annoyed by this place performance. But it lingers, this, well. this, this. It lingers a lot yeah. longer. And I think it's gone to more to the extreme. But mm. I think what one thing this pandemic has taught us is how much what social what social people we are. Mm. Like and you know any like coming into work. You know, we probably used to moan and groan or got work <laughs> yeah. in the morning. But you're coming in and you're talking to people. Mm. You know we've got this rare opportunity to come into the office and do this podcast. We're, yeah. You know, we're in an empty room, aren't we, really? Yeah. And um, Which, by the way, I, it's an empty room and my phone was going off a minute ago, which I apologise for because that's unprofessional. And do not disturb, apparently, didn't just mask my ringtone. <laughs> but I was actually looking around. There's an empty room and I was looking around <laughs> thinking, who else's phone could that be? Because yeah. it can't be mine. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was mine. But, <laughs> but, but, but on the social side, we've, you know, just in life, you know, we're missing so many things, going to the pub, mm. going for a coffee or whatever, just, just yeah. standing and talking to someone Playing the street. football on a Sunday, yeah. that's my big one. Yeah. Oh but my but football on a Saturday, going to the match on a Saturday. Yeah. Now, if it's at home, you you, you probably, you know, you, you if you're a season ticket holder, the guy you sat 
two rows down from. You, mm. you see every couple of weeks. You've probably seen yeah. that person for the last five, ten, fifteen years. And you might not even say anything. It might no. just a little, a little nod, a little look. Exactly, every day. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Missing Back that again. Going to queue for a drink and a pie and mourning yeah. about it. You know how how flat the beer is. <laughs> yeah. about, you know yeah. whatever. But you <laughs> four mi- quid for a pie. Yeah. Eh? What's this about? You're, yeah. mi- you're missing that. You know some people's routine. You know, like let's meet at the pub before we go mm-hmm. walk down together. You're missing that. Let's meet up. You know, at Greg's club across the road. Let's meet at Finney's or whatever. Yeah. That's totally gone. You know, they. It wasn't just the ninety minutes of football. It was probably yeah. a couple of hours before and meeting up, or a, you know, a drink afterwards, and then meet up in town later for a chat about it. The away games, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, let, let's go back. The last away game we all went on, <laughs> Fulham away. Now, yeah. it's Preston Station for a London away match. Yeah. It, it, they should put one of those time lapse cameras on it one day. Yeah, and from sort of six o'clock in the morning, the Hardy breeds will get that six o'clock train down to London, and then. You know, they're on the seven o'clock, the eight o'clock, the nine o'clock. The platform, platform four at the station, it's absolutely wonderful. It's it's lads clutching carrier bags full of cans. (laughs) You know, some sometimes those cans will last them all the way to London. Sometimes as far as Wigan, yeah, yeah, before they've got them. And but there's already a buzz around. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a buzz on the train. You get down to London. There's a buzz on the platform when you get there. There's often a few bit of sing songs as you get off the train. You know, and then it's off to the tube and you go in separate ways. And then you all come back. You know, if you think of the Fulham game, I wrote about it in the paper. Two ferries were hired by yeah. North End fans to have a party up and down the Thames, yeah. you know, and drop them, you know, drop them near Craven Cottage at the end. That yeah. was fantastic. Some some people got went on the train and they they would have gone, you know, kept on dry land and you know got you know gone round London. And, that, and that's the last yeah. away game, and there'll be a, a, a hell of a lot of people mm. who will not remember it and it's exactly oh. what they wanted out of the day do you they know what were, I mean and they were all in our <laughs> carriage coming home Tom if yeah, you remember yeah. it on our knees at yeah. one point <laughs> if, if you think they uh, I don't I don't think they will have remembered their own names by the, yeah. by, by the end of that but that, that's what we're talking about it's that, that social thing it's, it's when you get back to Preston Station everyone piles off the train and there's a, yeah. bit, of, a bit of singing as you you know you make your way and people went off to yeah. the pub or something and that no, is no matter what the result no, is either yeah. as well and that's that negativity yeah. kind of washes away a little bit because you, you're there with your mate you'll either rant about it to your mate and you'll feel better about it yeah. or you'll just be like ah stuff mm. it well, let, let's have a sing or whatever or just mess around and that and it, it washes a lot of that negativity away whereas if you're yeah. putting your laptop screen down you're still in the same spot you were before mm. what the best thing you can do is go for a walk and yeah. you can't exactly talk to anyone no. and, and things like that you know it's just so limited after it? a big away day like that when people are looking through the pictures the following morning you know they're not mm. they're not looking at oh what happened on the pitch they're looking at, oh christ look what he did there yeah, you yeah, know yeah. this is us this is us <laughs> in the in, in the eight bells pub this yeah. is us here this is on the train we well, used to have a job every week yeah. but which was like fan pictures from yeah. the week. Like yeah. It's just, com- you know, it's, it's just gone, you yeah. know. Yeah, the only fan pictures now you get is just a row of empty seats. And yeah. It's like, but it's that social element and we need that back. And that's yeah. what that's what society needs and that's what football needs, you yeah. know. Um, who, 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 who would have thought, though, Tom, like 7th of March last year, mm. the QPR game, North End got beat, typically. Mm. But if that was the last time we were in Deepdale. The season only got, the season got suspended the following Friday before the looting game. Mm-hmm. And it was suspended for three weeks. And that yeah. was it. You know, like, oh, yeah, we might start at Huddersfield on the 4th of April. Yeah. And then it got put back a little bit. And now, you know, finally football did get back in June. But here we are now. Yeah, and we, we were there months. talking, oh, just make sure you wash your hands. And yeah. things like that. That's yeah. the kind of the level of things. It was sing, sing happy birthday while you're washing yeah. your hands, you know. And that, that that's where we're at now. And, it's you know, it's been it's been a dreadful year. But you just, you just hope with football, you know, like the... 
probably the playoff finals, the cup finals. I think the Premier League are looking at moving a, a fixture back towards right. the end of the season to so go beyond to go beyond the 17th of May when mm-hmm. a limited fans are allowed. And then hopefully when we get into June, the Euros, during the Euros, some of those games will yeah. be at full capacity. I yeah. still don't know if that will happen, but... That yeah. might be a bit of a. <laughs> We've a, definitely a, not had a roadmap once before already, have I know, we? Yeah, it's, not, it's not as if this government U-turns, is it? Yeah, it's a bit of politics. Yeah, yeah but, uh, <laughs> sprinkle in a bit of a bit of controversial politics, shall we? Anyway, yeah. Dave, mm-hmm. what do you think about this NHS pay rise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, sh- should we go to the other topic then? That's been kind of going around recently: the uh, social media mm-hmm. and and the way that affects players. And again, I think it plays into this fan disconnect. Is that? a lot of the conversation you'd normally have is would be on social media anyway, but is now almost exclusively on social media. Recently, obviously, Jason Malumbi deleted his Twitter account. Don't know why. I think that was more going back to Millwall, yeah, I think. And yeah. there was a There's little, quite a yeah. few comments, I think, on Instagram, things like that, and, mm. and a few to, to him on, on Twitter. But it, it's little things like that, Alex, obviously... I spoke to Alex Neal about it in a press conference. There was nothing that was planned. I think I was, it was talking about... Um, it came off the back of me saying about Jurgen Klopp because at the time Liverpool wanted Jurgen Klopp sacked and Alex Neil made mention to it and I just said, well, yeah, Champions League isn't enough for enough, some people. And he kind of took it from there and went on about like social media and the way people talk and things like that. And he's never been a big fan of, of social media in, in general. But it seems, I think it's it's kind of symptomatic of the moment that a lot of people, some, I, think, I, I do think that some people feel like footballers should get abuse yeah, on social media that, yeah. it's part, that's part of your job you're a footballer mm-hmm. you should just you know expect people to mm-hmm. uh, have a go at you and I, I think there's one thing expecting it and there's another thing it, like that it should happen mm-hmm. you're going to get idiots whatever walk of life you're in mm-hmm. but the fact that any you know that it's affecting the well mental health well-being whatever even the performance if you're a PNE fan and you, you, you're giving someone stick and it's affecting performance you, you are pretty much cutting off your nose to spite your face at that point and it just doesn't really add up does it? seems it? to be symptomatic of life at the moment mm. not just in football you know I don't know you know footballers on Twitter like, have a debate with them I'm sure most of them will be prepared you know the, the civilised people just have you know share and exchanging views but mm. why it has to be accompanied sometimes by a minority it has to be said mm. it's not not at North End or every club mm. why it has why criticism has to be you can criticise, but it doesn't need to be followed by a sort of volley of abuse and mm. expletives about it. Now, ev- you know, people turn around and complain and instantly, oh, you're a snowflake or something, which is <laughs> absolutely sort of, it's not, you know, it's just yeah. pe- pe- people do, you know, if they go on social media is a sort of voluntary thing. Footballers, celebrities, they don't need to be on there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not part of it. You know, it might help their image if they're, you know, if they're of that ilk of wanting an image, you know, sort yeah. of build up an image. But it's a voluntary thing there. They don't want to be reading absolute getting abuse for it. They probably yeah. know they've not played well, you know. Like, I think, I don't know on social media, I think a lot of the abuse has come through the betting, you know, mm. like how many times you effing sod and sod, you've ruined my accumulator today yeah. because you scored a 94th minute winner or you gave a pe- penalty away or something. And I think it's steadily built up from there. And, you, you know, we've got a now a, a sort of generation of people who just think it's a normal, yeah, mm. I'll, I'll slag him off, you know, and yeah. like effing Jeff at it, you know. And, and people go, oh, well, yeah, well, he's had his Twitter account 
you know, Twitter account suspended for a day or yeah. 28 days. Some, it's like well, you just, set, you just set up another one. You yeah, know, yeah. Like it's, and some people take yeah. that as a badge of honour. It's like, oh, well, I did this and now yeah. I've got an account suspended. Oh, yeah. I'm, a sus- I'm suspended yeah. again. It's like... But then, you, then you'll see these people, though, if they mm. met that person who they've abused in mm. public, they'd be mm. like a little puppy dog lapping around them. So, oh, oh, aren't you brilliant? Aren't you brilliant? Yeah. You know, like keyboard warrior. It's like the same in every life, isn't it? Yeah. Sat there, you know, sort of sat in their underpants in the bedroom, <laughs> sort of hammering away on social media you're calling her, you know, threatening them this, threatening that. Yeah. When it comes to real life, mm. totally the opposite, you know. Yeah. But but I, I do think a lot of it has stemmed from the betting. You know, I really do. You know, people are betting on all sorts now. Mm. And when it doesn't come out, I think a lot of um, abuse, a lot of racist abuse, I think does mm. come from beyond these shores, you know, like because social media mm. goes, you know, it's not just confined to one country. Um uh, I, I, you know, it's a it's a worldwide thing, and I, I I really do think that you know betting has played a big part in it. I think that generational aspect is quite important because, mm. for example, I've pretty much I wouldn't say grown up, but so mm. say since early time of high school, mm. celebrities have been accessible for me yeah. through Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was ne- it, that was one of the the big things with Twitter when it was kind of first starting. It was that you know Facebook or what was was pretty much the only other social mm. media site. You couldn't get access to these celebrities. No. Celebrities never see what you're doing. Were you never on MySpace, Tom? No, I wasn't actually. I I, I skipped that and be and um, was it Bebo or something? Bebo? Yeah, yeah. I skipped that, but um, like no one could ever see what you were doing. Then Twitter came along right. and it all became accessible. Right. And there's a there will be a, a generation who have grown up right. having this kind of access, right. and they don't understand that you know that the, the kind of human element of mm. it because again like you say you can create another account mm. a different name a different avatar whatever mm. you can you can do all this sort of stuff and just be a, a faceless nameless entity online yeah. that can that can kind of mm. spout off essentially yeah yeah so you see it don't you people who delete the accounts when mm. the, the name pops up with a couple of different numbers on the end of the you know <laughs> yeah. the same one it's well, the same one isn't it so. yeah it, to be honest, I, I enjoy being on social media. I think used properly, it's absolutely mm. fantastic. Mm. You know, like you know, you know, I've got to know quite a few different, uh, quite a lot of people. I think well, boot the virus, yeah, for example. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a really good example of mm. that. Use social media a lot for that campaign, yeah. and raised a hell of a lot of money. I think it's like sixty-five thousand pounds yeah. in the end. But a lot of it as well was coming from players sharing it mm-hmm. to other players, or yeah. like even like nominating other players to get involved and stuff like that. And that's the. That's the good side of it that that could be there. Even players mm. sometimes have a bit of a back and forth with with fans. Yeah. Darnell Fisher and mm-hmm. Tom Barkey's and probably one of the the, the more active ones of of, of PNE of, of late. Obviously, Darnell Fisher's now gone to Middlesbrough, but mm-hmm. you know you you do see a bit of back and forth with fans, and it, yeah. it it's good to see at times. But there's there's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of obviously it's a vocal minority, and that's often the case. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of the in between, isn't there? Yeah, but some of it is used really well. You know, like. I've I've enjoyed it, you know. I'll be going to an away match, or be sat on the train or something, and some guy wonders, "All right, says it's it's such and such." I follow you on Twitter, and I thought, "Oh yeah, you know." Then you can, and everyone's perfectly reasonable Mm. like that, you know. And it's a great way to get to know people, you know. Mm. And uh, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know him. Do you know him? He's on he's on Twitter as something or other, you know. Like uh, I find some of it humorous, you know. There's there's some great Twitter accounts on North. I I love the voice. I'll I'll (laughs) give him. I give him a thing. This is no, no, no. I tell you. The voice. He, he's, like he's, a, a most, he's the most sensible chap <laughs> away from football that you could want to meet. You know, like 
decent family bloke, you know, like good job and everything. Can't give too many away. Very, yeah, very, very. Yeah, he's very, definitely got a decent job. He's got a seventy k beamer, hasn't he? Yeah, very, very turns into this, um, you know, like <laughs> this Billy Davis loving um, uh, manic no fan fan. But no, that, I, I like that side of yeah. it. You know, he doesn't take himself seriously, but then, yeah. then you know, then you get the other the extremes. You know, like you know, it's just quite well, what the f in LZ in for the side? He's, 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 you know, he's this, he's that. You know, mm. why are we playing him? He's, you know, hope, hope he doesn't play. Hope he gets injured. You know, and it's, it's horrible. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Use it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just have a laugh. Yeah, have a laugh. Yeah. Have, a, have a laugh. Conversation. You know, there's there's ways and means, and I'm not going to tell anyone specifically how to use Twitter or anything like that because, you know, I've I've had Twitter since I was about thirteen or fourteen, so my <laughs> use of Twitter back then was a lot. It's probably like, better it, when you were thirteen well, yeah, or fourteen. Probably, now, probably yeah. talking a bit more sense, even though I was just <laughs> talking rubbish. It's yeah. probably it's probably quite consistent, I suppose. But it, it's it's one of those, isn't it, where when when you hear of the players being affected by it and stuff like that, when you're supposed to be supporting them, and it's not to say that they they're completely free of criticism or anything mm. like that, and you shouldn't do this or do that, but. It, I think it was interesting that it got brought up that mm. it can impact players because as much as there's frustration there and as much as you want the team to do well, there's a ways and means of venting it. Yeah. And if you direct it in the wrong places, and some players are built differently to others. Some people, it's, it's water off a duck's back and others, they'll they'll, own, they'll read a hundred nice comments, mm-hmm. but the one that isn't is what sticks with them for the yeah. next few mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe just a bit more kind of mindfulness yeah. about it is probably what's what's needed. Yeah. I think, you know, pl- players have to bit of common sense as well, what mm. they put on there, you know, mm-hmm. and keeping it private sometimes. Julian Lescott tweeting a picture of a car oh, after yeah, losing. Yeah, that was yeah. a classic. Sometimes it's not good to put your picture of your Christmas party <laughs> up, is it, and things like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, you know, like, uh, no, I'll tell you what would be interesting, Tom. It was... Twitter was it was around, but it was really only in its infancy when Graham Wesley was an FM manager. <laughs> can, you ima- can you imagine if yeah. the, the the level of social media now that we have now was around in sort of twelve thirteen? You know, like yeah. it was. You know, it, Twitter was around. I was on it then. But my word, I think that would have been <laughs> interesting if you think if you think. Uh, the the PNE hashtag after a defeat can sometimes be a bit lively. Can you imagine yeah. what it was after a sort of three nil three nil home defeat to Doncaster when the manager doesn't come out and to be interviewed for three hours after the yeah. game and things like that? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Or he's just started a centre half up front and said yeah. that someone's texted the team through and all this. Sort yeah, of, oh, accused them of word. leaking it. Yeah, that that would have been that would have been uh, interesting times. Yeah. there was it? one recently, wasn't there, with. Um, a clip from uh, Graham Wesley, I think it was Radio Lancashire, going mm. through all the percentages of the amount of bookings they've yeah, had compared to fouls and all this. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, he started, it was like a maths lesson, wasn't yeah. it? So, yeah. <laughs> Whilst eating, which yeah. I, I, I'm told was a, a, a big theme of his press conferences, that he was yeah. always eating during The them. best Graham Wesley one for us when uh, he had a pile of CDs on his desk in his office. We used to interview him in his office, not in, you know, not in a press room. Mm. And uh, there was one... But, you know, big pile of CDs and the style council are on top style council CD and before we started Phil Cunliffe for me from Radio Lancashire he turned to us try not to do his accent he said alright lads he said before I give this interview I want you 10 style council songs <laughs> before I say a word I'm, I'm, I'm quite good with my music but style council weren't one of my bands <laughs> I've got to admit you know ask, that- ask me for 10 you know 10 story over songs 10 I Maiden ones 10 Happy Monday ones I could have <laughs> I could have stayed there all day you know but I, I was flummoxed so you, what was that then were you even allowed to ask a question after failing well, that test well he did in the end yeah but uh, <laughs> no no he was uh, 
he, he were a bit different, wasn't he? But, oh, uh, he was something. Yeah. He was something, that's yeah. for sure. I quite enjoyed that way. <laughs> yeah. In a sort of... Uh, definitely wasn't boring. I'm no, a, it wasn't, no. I feel no. like I've gone through something similar recently with Fleetwood and, and Joey Barton. Never a dull day there either. <laughs> There's, there was some absolute belters coming out of his Chalk and cheese now, isn't it, with Simon Grayson being there? The sort yeah. of steady, steady sort of yeah, experience. Getting a lot there. of straight bats instead of, uh, <laughs> what do you think about this? And then yeah. I just sit there for five minutes yeah. whilst he rambles about what he wants. And then, yeah, uh, and yeah Simon mm. Grayson, obviously former North End and yeah. former Blackpool as well. He, he won't be going on question time like Joey Barton. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Or going on to talk sport or some of the some of the things. <laughs> Joey Barton out Bristol Rovers, so he'll mm-hmm. meet up again uh, with Fleetwood next season potentially, but that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's one of those, I suppose, isn't it? It's just about finding finding a, a balance if, if possible. And, and as we mentioned, these last two topics that we've kind of come on to, the disconnect, Mm-hmm. plays into each other and it's just I think it's mm-hmm. just it is for me mm-hmm. not being able to go to the games it's just yep. an endurance now until hopefully maybe some friendlies that that, yep. that we can start going back to games and, it'd be, and it'd, wouldn't it be great you know like we're, let, let's write off this season we're not mm-hmm. going to get fans back at this season you know mm-hmm. to think a whole season North End will just have been watched by 3,000 fans, 1,000 at Norwich when they had an experiment there and 2,000 at Luton when mm-hmm. somehow Luton were in tier 2 and they were allowed some fans in, but you know to go to go for a full season like that. I just yeah. hope that you know Bamber Bridge away at the start that's in July. Exactly be what warm. I was thinking. Just for, I don't know. It's football utopia to me. It's at the normally moment. quite warm and yeah. sunny, isn't it? That Against people will be able to stand there. Yeah. Get a pint. Yeah. At the bar at Bamber Bridge because we've got a great little clubhouse down yeah. there, and then go and stand and watch a game of football yeah. next to each other. You know, like, yeah, we still might have to be sort of careful washing the hands. Well, people should be washing their hands anyway. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah. She told me that's a big bugbear of mine from this <laughs> pandemic that grown people have Needed had to be told, told. Yeah, to yeah, wash yeah. the hands, you know, like, but, you know, like, if there is a little bit of sort of be careful at turnstiles and things like that, like, mm. use our common sense. I don't mind that, but won't it be wonderful when we can actually yeah. stand and sit and watch a football match I together? I love the Bamber Bridge friendly yeah. every year. It's mm. always nice and sunny. Yeah. It, it's a nice ground. You've got a good view. Mm. And then of, uh, there's normally as well, maybe one or two new players, maybe the new kit as well, if, if, mm. if we're lucky. And it's just like the start of it all yeah. again. And I think more so yeah. than ever next season, if they can have fans back yeah. and if all that. I just, I just hope as place. well, we can come in in full normality that they don't have to sort of ban away fans that they don't have to sort of yeah. put, you know, really slash capacities. I just, you know, I suppose if you, I don't know if the, if the, if it is reset and we can start again as normal, you know, I, ju- I just hope that we, you know, we can just go back to, totally how it was you know mm. that, that'd be that'd be so good that yeah. you know just a, a, a hope, atmosphere yeah I hope the latter stages of the season you know the end of the Premier League the playoffs and things like that that can be the experiment mm. of limited capacities of easing back into it and getting everyone back in yeah so I still think you know me, getting it right yeah I think going for football grounds at the moment I know there's no one in it but I don't think they could be safer venues. Mm. I really don't. From my experience of going to cover games, you've got to fill in a health form before you go mm-hmm. on the morning of a game to prove that you are fit and well. You know, you've got to your hand sanitised. You get your temperature taken on yep. it. You you properly socially distance. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no sitting around for a coffee or a meal before the game in the open it, air as well. It's straight out into the open air. 
you know, you're not on top of each other in the press box. You know, yep. there's be three or four seats between you. You know, so at some grounds you go to, you're not even in the press box. You sit in the n- normal part of the stand so they can spread you further. Yep. And, you know, I know behind the scenes at football grounds, you know, keeping the team separate, mm-hmm. you know, like they built a temporary dressing room for the away team at Deepdale, for example. North End, you go to other grounds and... Um, at Sheffield Wednesday, I think they were almost in another county. They were that far away from, they were on the other side of Hillsborough. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to come away and the people behind the scenes were saying they've never known the dressing room so far away. You know, you know the last away game where we are at Millwall, you're coming out from a different part of the ground. It's just weird, it really yeah. is. But so much effort has been put into that kind of thing. You know, mm. they, they do need applauding for it, you yeah. know. But it, it'd be just nice when players can change in the dressing room just down the corridor from each other mm. they can come out the tunnel together we can all sit in the stadium clap them on you know so. even that when you say about how easily it could be social distance and, and, and I, I must admit I don't know the ins and outs of the temperature gun but even if you've got a limited capacity you'd like to think it could be possible to do that with fans and have fans in and, and I know the clubs I'm sh- I know are, are, are quite keen for it to happen mm. given if it's possible and if it's safe and I mean, we know the clubs can do it safely mm. because we've we've seen it with the yeah. press and stuff. But, you know, they're able to be sat separately. They're able to be sat yeah. in the open air. And, and, you know, that's why I'm, I'm so hopeful that they can get these ones in the summer right yeah. so that there isn't too much, like, friction in terms of getting more back at the start of next season and kind of snowballing it in a way and, and, and increasing things well the thing is Tom we're talking this summer about some music festivals are going to be on yeah Reading and Leeds are meant yeah. to be on aren't they yeah now you're going to have sort of 70 80,000 people on top of each other watching bands and whatever mm-hmm. you know absolutely tightly packed into each other now if they're going to allow those surely in stadiums you're going to have to allow people in mm. you know like, yeah. if it, like for like you just <laughs> hope that with the vaccine with whatever you know with a bit of sense you know, we've got on top of it, you know, so... Without wanting to go back too much into politics, is mm. though football is is kind of used when it suits, because at times yeah. there, was a, there was a bit of a dig at footballers and the wages and, and furlough and things like that, but mm. then at other times it was, oh, we need football back because it yeah. gives stuff to this country, and they kind of, they'll have to make their mind up on it at and, some point. And then and we had this ridiculous scenario about the turn of the year when, obviously, there was the, the new variant came, mm. which I think pushed the whole country back, hasn't it? You know, we the Kent variant as it was, mm. you know, we were looking like we were on course for a little bit of normality you know, over Christmas and then yep. obviously and then reared its head. But months. then, you know, football got some positive tests as is other walks, as did other walks of life. But suddenly football was being blamed because players were jumping all over celebrating. Mm. There'd be no issue <laughs> with players celebrating from the June restart all the way through. Yep. But suddenly Chorley singing in the dressing room, singing Adele songs, they, they, were, they made the 10 o'clock news this is disgraceful you know yeah. no social distancing in the dressing room these are the players who yeah. are changing together showering together training together playing together having a sing song in the dressing room and suddenly they're being blamed for spreading coronavirus throughout the country and well, the first time I, yeah. they did it there were a fairy tale fairy tale yeah. story of oh look at these guys singing yeah. Adele they want Adele to reply to them all yeah. this, but then they do it when team when celebrating it was never spreading you know yeah. no, no, no more than going to Asda or, yeah. or Morrison's or other supermarkets are available and like you say but, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the the, the uh, they're already mixing anyway yeah. mm-hmm. so what difference does yeah. that make I think football during this it, it, it's almost had to be seen to do the right thing. And mm. they've done it really well and they've done it for the right reasons. Mm. You know, like club doctors have an all work round the clock to make sure grounds are COVID safe, to mm. make sure the staff are safe. 
I know at North End, every member of staff who work at Deepdale on a Saturday, stewards and everything, the lateral flow tested, you know, so that everyone in that ground, they can prove that, you know, they've not got it, you know, not got the virus at the time. Absolutely. The, the mechanics that go into that are mm. in, in, incredible. And the cost but, as well. To yeah, be and the cost is, but at times it has been, you know, substitutes have to be seen to be sat apart on the bench. Yeah. You know, because it's almost like a public show that yeah. this is how it needs to be done and things like, like that. Like they're not so. going to go and back in and sit in the same changing room yeah. a metre apart, never mind, yeah. you know, five, six seats away. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Teams have it? been taking two coaches through an away match so they can spread the players around, you know, yeah. and everything. You know, if there was a positive test, well, at least half of the squad at yeah. least are on another bus, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Fleetwood had a, a... I'm going to turn into a Fleetwood thing, but the... the um, Fleetwood had a couple of positive tests recently mm. and Simon Grayson alluded to that he thought that, that you know these players were sat near each other on the coach and mm. that could have that could have made an impact on it. Yeah. And that's how they pick it up. So it's very easy that it can transmit, but it's these measures that are taken beforehand that it was it was three players instead of I mean they had like eighteen out at one point Fleetwood, yeah. but it was mm. three this time because, you know, they, they do take yeah. precautions where possible. And People are being tested now properly, mm. so but yeah, but it constantly. all just boils down you now. Let's hope let's hope in the summer we're uh, you know, we, we can restart and yeah. it'll be next season is a, a, a sort of hundred percent normality. Yeah. I've just got that image of, of Bamba Bridge. It's sunny <laughs> sunny sunny evening. Yeah. And S- sunny Saturday afternoon Tom, that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. yeah. What and what what we'll do then you can you can cover the game. <laughs> yeah. You can do the live blog and the match report, and I'll go and stand and have yeah. a pint. You'll be you'll be yeah. in the club because I've worked hard. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, I'll, I was about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it on iFollow. Actually, I think no, no, <laughs> no. No, you, you go you go and sit at the back of the stand, do all the work. I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll stand. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll social I'll socialize. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and see the people. Yeah, your yeah. people. I go and do it from a fan's point of view. Yeah, yeah. your people. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I think uh, I think Dave, uh, that's about it for this week. Yeah. Um, so so Wickham Saturday. Yes. And then Middlesbrough week uh, week tomorrow week yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. Away and then Luton at home on the twentieth and then it's an international break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't it, like international breaks. Oh God. No. But anyway, but we're, 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 we're we'll, not near that. Yeah, yeah. We'll cover. We'll we'll, we'll what cross we'll do, that bridge when we yeah, come to it. We'll do a podcast that week and just. Say how boring international breaks, breaks are because yeah. they are, aren't they? They're yeah. dull. We don't like them, no. And on that, on that cheery topic, yeah, <laughs> we'll say um, make sure to keep in touch with myself and Dave, whether it's on uh, Twitter or otherwise. I'm at Tom Sandals on Twitter. There's at Seds underscore LEP, and keep in touch with uh, at LEP underscore Football as well for all our stories and LEP.co.uk for all the, the coverage of. Uh, of PNE as per usual daily stories all the stuff in the paper as usual all that's left to say really is uh, thanks very much for listening thank you